Well, good morning. Uh, good to have you tuning in. Uh, welcome to the service this uh, Sunday, the 14th of February. We're going to do something a little different today. Uh, we're taking a break from reading John's Gospel together. And instead, we're going to hear from Paul McFarland, who works with Baptist Missions and with our sister church in Yall, County Cork. Uh, we're going to keep some things the same. We'll still take a line of the Apostles' Creed uh, and a page from uh, everyone a child should know that we're, we're reading uh, together in our services. Uh, but we're taking a break from reading out your text messages, uh, so apologies if, we've, if you've already sent one in. Uh, we'll, we'll keep those for next week and it'll be extra special. Uh, but we're still also welcoming folks from Coleraine Baptist, and we trust you'll also be interested to hear from Paul uh, in Yol. Uh, we're starting our services uh, at the moment by thinking about God and what He's like. Uh, today, let's think, about, uh, let's think about Him being omnipresent. Omni means all. Present means here. Uh, God is all present. He is here. Wherever here is, He is. He is everywhere. Uh, God is not a statue or a carving or a picture. He doesn't live in a special temple or on top of a special mountain, as we uh, thought in John 4 last week. Uh, neither the temple nor the mountain. Uh, there's no place that is away from God. And that means if we're trying to get away from God because we don't want him to be in charge of our lives, well, then we're in trouble because there's no way to get away from him. Remember Adam and Eve, who, after they ate the fruit of the one tree in the whole garden that they were not allowed to eat from, uh, they, they tried to hide from God in the garden. Uh, but they couldn't hide. Or remember Jonah, who was given a job by God that he didn't want to do, and so he sailed away in the opposite direction. Well, he didn't get very far. He couldn't get away. God is everywhere, and he is totally in charge everywhere. So you can't get away. But it also means that there's nowhere that we can be that's out of God's reach uh, in, in a good way. Sometimes when people get into trouble uh, on holiday in a different country, something like that, it's, it's hard to get help from home, help from their own government at home. But wherever we are and whatever's happening, God is there and he's completely in charge there, wherever there is. Uh, he's always with us. He's always loving us, always helping us, and always looking after us. God is all present. Well, let's pray, and we'll think about that as we pray, and then we'll also pray about what we're, what we're doing for the rest of our time this morning. Let's pray. Lord God and, and our Heavenly Father, thank you that you are omnipresent. Thank you that, thank you that uh, we are never out of your reach or beyond your help or away from your love. But Father, we're also a little bit like Adam, and we're a little bit like Jonah. We often think and speak and, and act in ways that are not pleasing to you. We act as if you were not here with us, and we do things that are selfish and wrong. We don't hide from you uh, physically by trying to find a hiding place, but we, we hide in our minds and our hearts and try to pretend that you're not, uh, you're not there. You're not watching. You're not with us. And so, Father, we, we remember some of these things that we do, and we confess them to you now uh, in the quietness of our, our hearts and our minds. Father, we're sorry, and, and we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your help to change, 
for your help to work against sin in us, to prepare for eternity in your clear and glorious and wonderful presence. Thank you that you promise forgiveness to those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation for us and nothing can separate us from him. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in us. And Father, speaking of your omnipresence, the psalmist says, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Father, you are to be praised from at the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, all day long and in every place. It's our joy to declare your praises in every place and to call others to turn and trust and praise you too. And so we long to see more and more people come to know this great salvation for themselves. And so we pray that you would pour out your mercy on those among us and around us who don't yet know and love you. We pray today for Baptist missions as we seek to make Jesus known through that work. But also we pray for opportunities ourselves to point people to Jesus uh, here around us and in our lives and our circles in which we move. Pray for opportunities to speak into broken or hurting or dissatisfied lives with the good news of true life in him. Father, would you give us these opportunities, please, even in these times, uh, and the courage to take them as well, confident that your gospel is your power to save. Be with us this morning and speak to us and bless us and our time uh, with one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to uh, turn uh, to this little book, Everyone a Child Should Know. We're taking a few minutes uh, every few Sundays to learn about well-known Christians of the past and present. It's been mostly the past so far, quite uh, dim and distant past, if I'm honest. Um, We're finding out just a little bit about how they became followers of Jesus and and served him in their lives. And so with the kind permission of 10 Publishing, I'll read one entry from uh, Everyone a Child Should Know uh, by Claire Heath-White and illustrated by Jenny Brake. And we're going to be hearing shortly about Baptist missions helping people in Ireland to hear about Jesus. And so today, why not uh, hear a little bit about Patrick uh, or St. Patrick. We're a month ahead of St. Patrick's Day, more or less, aren't we? Well, maybe this will inspire us to read a little bit about him helping people in Ireland to hear about Jesus. Let me read, let me read about Patrick. Uh, have you ever felt frightened and all alone. Perhaps you got lost and felt worried and afraid. Patrick knew just what that felt like. Patrick lived a long time ago when England was a very dangerous place. One day some pirates took him away from his family. They took him across the sea to Ireland and sold him to a rich, fierce, and powerful man. Patrick was frightened and all alone but he knew that Jesus was with him. After many years, Jesus helped Patrick go home to his family, but not for long. Patrick knew Jesus wanted the people in Ireland to find out how they could be his friends too. So Patrick went back to Ireland. Uh, This time he wasn't scared. This time he was brave. This time he knew he had a job to do for Jesus. Patrick went to the richest, the fiercest, and the most powerful men in Ireland. He went to the kings and the chiefs. He told them about Jesus, the king of kings and the chief of chiefs. The powerful people told the less powerful people that they should listen to Patrick too. And soon thousands and thousands of people had become Jesus' friends because Patrick was brave enough to tell them 
how. Patrick knew he could be brave if Jesus was with him. Do you? And there's a little verse there. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What, what, can, what can people, ordinary people, do to me, even if they're very powerful? Let's pray the verse from the slide. Maybe you'll find out more about St. Patrick in the coming weeks. But let's pray. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Father, help us to be brave followers of Jesus because he is with us. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to look at another line of the Apostles' Creed, uh, which is one uh, summary of what Christians believe. Um, Today, let's look at the line, Jesus ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. What does this mean? Uh, We'll think back to that first Easter morning when Jesus rose from the dead. Well, over the next uh, 40 days, the risen Jesus appeared to and spent time with his disciples and, and others. Quite a lot of people, in fact. Then he was taken up into heaven to take his place as Lord and King. And Jesus' rightful place is on his throne at God's right hand, by God's side. And so if the resurrection from the dead means that Jesus lives forever, well, then the ascension to heaven means that he reigns forever. He's king forever. Think about that. A human being is the king of heaven and the king of all creation forever. Now, when do grown-ups sit down? Uh, We sit down when our work is finished. So maybe you'll have a big Sunday lunch today and after that's been eaten and after the dishes have been done and washed and put away, well, then we sit down. Uh, Maybe. Uh, Jesus is sitting down because his work to save us is finished. It was finished when he died and rose again. Jesus really did do everything that was needed to save us. But Jesus has not put his feet up to take a long, long nap. Uh, The Bible says that Jesus, even though he died because of our sin, is now speaking in heaven in our defense. Uh, He speaks as the king who has the right to see that we who belong to him receive all the help and the grace and and the goodness and kindness of God to keep going and keep living for him day by day all the way through to the end of our lives when we go to be with him. I know someone who used to work in Buckingham Palace. Uh, But in Jesus, we know the one who is the king of everything forever. Uh, His work to save us is finished. His work to keep us and bring us to him goes on and nothing can stop our king from bringing us home to him. Uh, So we say he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. More on the Apostles' Creed uh, next week, but for now, why don't we pray? Let's pray. Father, thank you that uh, Jesus is the Lord and King of all. Thank you that he reigns and that he will reign forever. Thank you that his work to save us is finished and that every day he's on our side. He's working in our world. He's building his church and he's bringing us home. Amen. Amen. Well, now we're going to hear from Paul McFarland. Uh, There's a little picture, Uh, and he's going to share from God's Word and also share about God's work. These videos were recorded, I think, when Paul visited uh, his home church in Balamoney one evening last summer, Um, although, as he told me a few weeks ago, 
There isn't much new news these days, uh, not as much as there would be in normal times. I think we're finding that in some of our Zoom chats at the moment. There's, there's no news, is there? Uh, but uh, there are a couple of updated prayer points towards the end. I, I have no idea how he slipped them into a video that was already made, but uh, fair play to him for, for that. Anyway, we, fir- we turn first to God's Word and Acts chapter 11, so maybe you want to find that. Uh, we'll have 10 minutes hearing from Acts and then 20 hearing about y'all, and then I'll, I'll finish off. Good evening, everyone. It's uh, lovely to be here and to share with you about the work in y'all. And know that you're supporting us and praying for us, and we're part of the same family. And um, before we just look a little bit of brief devotion in God's Word, I'm going to pray and just bring our time uh, to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for all your goodness to us. We thank you for your love, your great mercy, your kindness. We thank you that despite the fact that you're the all-powerful God who created the universe and set everything into being, that you're the one who knows us intimately and loves us. And through Christ, uh, through the cross, we have our sins forgiven and relationship with you so that we no longer have an anticipation of wrath, but that we can have mercy and forgiveness. And Father, we pray for uh, this evening. We just pray as we think about you all, as we think about a mission, that you would just encourage us and challenge us. Think about where we have come from, uh, that we have experienced your grace and your mercy. And Father, that you would just encourage us then to reach out with that message to others as we declare the goodness of God in our lives and what you've done for us and hope that others find the same through Christ the Saviour. Pray these things in his precious name. Amen. I just want to look at a few verses from Acts chapter 11. I'm going to read it in a few different bits. Um, Previous to the last time I was in deputation in February, I've been going through the book of Acts, and we were at Acts chapter 11. At that point, I was kind of going through a chapter at a time, and it was quite useful to be able to go through a whole chapter, because people from different backgrounds in the church uh, might not be very familiar with the Bible at all, and to look at a larger section was therefore quite helpful. But I'm just going to read the first few verses of Acts chapter 11, and we'll think about the first point as we move through it. So Acts chapter 11 verses 1 to 7, first of all. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into a house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in trance I saw a vision I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it, and I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And so the start of chapter 11 is Peter basically recounting the events of chapter 10. He was in the city of Joppa a.k.a. Tel Aviv, a.k.a. Jaffa. It was the middle of the day. He'd run out of Jaffa cakes. He was feeling quite hungry. And in the middle of this, this sheep gets brought down out of heaven with all of these beasts that were unclean before Peter's eyes. And he hears the voice, get up, kill and eat. Peter protests, uh, says something similar to Ezekiel. No, I would never let anything unclean touch my lips. Happens three times. And then in the middle of this, he gets these visitors from Cornelius, telling him to come and share the gospel or the message with Cornelius. 
And through this process, Peter understands that God, if he's saying anything in the vision, is that if these animals are now clean, then the people who eat these animals who were previously being defiled by eating these animals may also be made clean. And so Peter goes to Cornelius' house, shares the gospel, and Cornelius and his household come to be believers. So as he comes back to Jerusalem, Jerusalem then, as they hear about Peter going into a um, a Gentile's house, into this unclean place where presumably he would be eating unclean food, they're protesting, they're they're kind of struggling with this whole concept, and Peter is retelling the events and explaining to them that God has spoken to him. And as he explains to them then, in chapter 11, we see the response in verse 17 and 18. He said, So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. So there's the beginning of the chapter. Jerusalem acknowledges and understands that the Gentiles have received the gospel as the gospel goes out. Then we see, as you move throughout the chapter, we see that there's this new church established in Gentile territory. We go from having the first kind of clear Gentile convert to being the floodgates opening and the first Gentile church in Antioch. And in verses 19 to uh, 21, it's a bit of a throwback even to Acts chapter 8, I think, where, where Stephen is persecuted, he's, he's martyred, and the believers spread out with the mission. Chapter 11, verse 19 says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution and connected connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now, Antioch had some Jewish people in it, but the clear implication here is that these are people coming to faith who had no understanding really of the Old Testament, of the Jewish expectations of Messiah. They were people who would have been down worshipping at the local pagan temples and all the rest. One Roman critic from the time writes, the sewage of the Syrian Orontes has for long been discharging itself into the Tiber, meaning that all of the filth of the world ends up washing up in Antioch as a place of evil. But as Christianity arrives, it marks a change for Antioch and for the people and the whole history of the city, as these unnamed evangelists fleeing from the persecution after Stephen come and share the message, stepping out a little bit, telling it to non-Jews, and many people come to faith in Jesus Christ. But as we see this then, uh, Jerusalem, who at the start of the chapter had been struggling with the idea of Peter going into a Gentile's house, they respond by sending Barnabas to encourage the church and build them up in the faith. And then at the end of the chapter, we're just going to read a few verses from verse 27 to the end. And it says, During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, 
decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now, when you read the end of chapter 11, you kind of think it's a strange appendage to the chapter. We hear about the new believers, particularly the new Gentile believers, and then perhaps Luke, being the historian that he is, he decides to stick in this little bit about the famine, good historical backgrounds, about this prophet coming down from Jerusalem. But the reality is, verse 27 to 30 brings out this theme that has been developing throughout the chapter, and a theme which is, of course, building throughout Acts, and that is the whole theme of mission and connection through mission and interdependence through mission. It sits as a perfect conclusion to a section which has the theme of church relationship with other churches and mission. Jerusalem sends Barnabas to church in Antioch, is encouraged. Agabus the prophet from Jerusalem comes down to Antioch, prophesies about the famine. Antioch then sends Paul and Barnabas back to Jerusalem with a, with a collection to help the Christians in Judea who are most affected. The chapter starts with Jews being absolutely disgusted at the thought of eating with Gentiles and eating Gentile food. The gospel comes, people come to faith, and the chapter ends with Gentiles eating Jews. And it's all possible because of the transformation that happens with the gospel as people turn from their own paganism, and their sinful ways, their culture, whatever else it is, and recognize that they are the brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And you know what a powerful and incredible picture when we think about mission and what mission accomplishes. Mission um, down the road or across the, the island or across the world as we think about the various different cultural differences that we have and all the things that divide us. The reality is that all of these things are overcome through Christ and through salvation as we turn from ourselves and look to him. And it's just been such an encouragement. We think about interdependence and mission. Obviously, Baptist missions is, is the militant wing of the Baptist church. Um, we, we think about reaching out uh, across not just Ireland, but Peru, France, Spain. And uh, it, we do it together as a body, not of one church, but of the association, as people work together for the gospel, proclaiming Christ and planting churches. And I just thought, you know, as we were going through Acts, it was something that hadn't hit me before, but such a wonderful picture of how Christ accomplishes these things, overcomes barriers which people would say would be somewhat impossible, and builds his church through it all. So I just wanted to share with you in the time that remains a bit about what's happening in y'all. And uh, it's been encouraging to come back and keep coming back. The fact that I'm coming back means that it's still going on. <laughs> That's a good thing to begin with, and I can say whether the people in Yule hear me or not will forgive me, but it's uh, people stay there. I think everybody's there now at this point in Yule because they probably don't realize how bad the church is. It's their church, their first church that they've been involved in, and it's just encouraging to see some real signs of growth. Um, so if you don't get the Baptist Missions prayer letter or prayer news that comes out every Friday. There's a bit of a break during the summer, but you can sign up for that, and there is a little bit of an update every Friday. We're on it every other week, and it's just a good way to keep up to date with what's happening. We'll see you'll know us as a family, uh, 
I don't know if that's on the right. I, the ugly boy on the right is myself, Chloe, James, and Kate. And just to give you a bit of an update on Kate's health as well, many people ask, but Kate finished her treatment just over a year ago um, for melanoma, and so far everything remains stable and remains good. And we continue to praise God for that. And it's just a reminder, again, as I've said throughout the whole thing, that God does provide for his people everything that they need for where he wants them to be. And uh, we just continue serving in you all, and we appreciate your prayers through all of that, as we felt very much that we weren't going it alone, but we were together, and not just partners in the gospel, but even supporting us as a family uh, with that very real thing. So Yol is a seaside town. It's a population of about 7,000 people. I think the very first time I did deputation, I mentioned that Yol was in a bit of a decline. Um, many of the businesses had left. Uh, Yol carpets had unraveled. There has been some investment over the last number of years, but I think just as we were leaving a few weeks ago um, to come up north, uh, there was signs of almost the same thing can happen again. Uh, there was a, an old convent that had been bought over. It was going to be turned into these really luxury apartments and all. You look at it, it's gone now. It's probably going to look half-constructed for the next 10 years. And so there is a kind of feeling as well of, uh, I wouldn't say depression as such, but, you know, that wondering what things are going to be like for people in Yall over the next while. There's not a great deal of employment anyway, but as we know that there are a number of jobs and a number of people that are struggling, as there are everywhere with the... Uh, current pandemic, but I would just ask you to even remember that in prayer as you think about people, um, and as the saying goes, the devil makes work for idle hands, but uh, pray that as people are struggling, as people are searching, that they will find Christ. I'm not sure if it's the same here, but we found that as the lockdown happened in the first two or three weeks, perhaps, there was a real interest in terms of online, people looking at stuff, lots of views, uh, and then it just kind of becomes the new normal, but we can pray that God will still work in people's hearts. We had our 10-year anniversary as a church at the start of June, and I think people were still at that point interested enough to be able to tune in and watch, and it was a good time to be able to get people seeing what the church was about. It's a bit of a historic town. There's a number of other churches. There's the local Methodist, the Church of Ireland, um, but uh, I'd say that Yol Baptist it would be the only clearly evangelical church in the town, and we keep reaching out uh, in the various ways that we can. Here's where we normally meet, the Bruna She. During lockdown, I was trying to learn a bit of Irish using Duolingo, the state-of-the-art learning equipment. I think once I get Irish mastered, I'll, I'll go to Gaelic. Um, but uh, the Bruna She, that's kind of the hostel of the ladies. I think it means sort of like House of Fairies, but... That's where we had been meeting. When the lockdown occurred, we were able to rent a community center, which is about three or four times the size, and then able to space people out around tables, uh, have a few coloring in sheets and different things. So it's been encouraging that since the start of July, we have been able to meet again, but as I think all of us are aware, it doesn't quite feel the same. There are certain things that we wish we could do differently, but we realize that even in the midst of this, People are watching. I just saw on the news this afternoon a headline that South Korea is blaming the church, uh, Christian church, I think, for a recent spike in cases. And so we're just reminded that, you know, we need to keep sharing the gospel. We need, if possible, to meet with one another, but being very careful as well how it's perceived in the community, particularly when 
we can already be, we really are perceived as a cult. Uh, you don't want to enforce that in any negative way, but it's been great to have the community centre and be able to meet there um, and tweak a few things, but be able to encourage one another. Certain things that we would have done to interact with people over the years, Kate was involved in the mother and toddlers, um, that led naturally into children's work, some you know camps and stuff. Um, that is a different phase that we're going into now. James, hopefully, Lord Willem will be starting preschool in September. Chloe will be going into senior infants, sort of like P2. Uh, but we know that with that, then there's new opportunities as well to interact and connect with people. As well as the natural things with uh, different things in the town, different connections with our neighbours. Um, we have been, obviously, always been keen to show that we're a group that wants to show people that the gospel has a sense of urgency about it. Uh, the calendars, Bibles given out to people in the street, New Testaments. One thing that I've put in here I found particularly helpful is this New Testament, New International Readers version. And I think I've probably given out 10 of those over the last year or so. They're quite a huge book, you know, maybe about that size, and just the New Testament with giant font. But I think it's just been helpful as you interact with people and chat to people, the recognition of how difficult it is to read a Bible that is size 6 font with two columns on it for people that don't normally read. And uh, I think the advertisement for this on YouTube, you know, works in the kind of plays on the accessibility, maybe focusing on people with different learning difficulties. But I find that it's been so helpful for anybody uh, that maybe wouldn't normally read to just make the Bible more accessible and encourage them to read it for themselves. And that's been great. Um, and obviously not to um, underplay the reality as well of, of uh, many people that have real reading difficulties um, that might struggle. And so just being sensitive to that and recognizing that you want to make God's word accessible to them. So just uh, before lockdown, I think this was a, a picture, maybe not that long before that, of the church and us meeting together. Over the last few years, we have been through a few ups and downs. We lost about three or four families a couple of, maybe about a year and a half ago. But over the last year leading up to lockdown, we've just seen some real encouraging times. And, um, you know, there's, there's the people that started coming along from the local community, started a Gospel of John uh, outreach Bible study, journey through the Gospel according to St. John. And at the start or at the height of it, there was maybe about a dozen people came along dwindled down a little bit, maybe two or three. Some nights it was only one. But through that, we saw um, people come to a real clear understanding of what it is to trust in Christ completely for their salvation. And after that, then we were encouraged to have some baptisms. Uh, this is a couple that had been in attendance at the church for a while, Brian and Siobhan, the younger couple in the middle. Uh, this other little fella here, Bernard, um, he's uh, 61, and he said on his baptism day, he said, you know, I'm 61 years old, and uh, he says, it's only in the last year I've started to really come to understand what God's truth is all about and what God's word is, and it was just fantastic. He, for a few months leading up to his baptism in August, he was coming along by himself. He then started bringing a granddaughter along with him, a little girl about six or seven. After his baptism... Actually, at his baptism, his wife came, his three children, all the granddaughters and grandchildren, they were all shouting on the beach, Granddad, Granddad, Granddad. Uh, since that, his wife has been coming um, and three granddaughters most weeks. 
Um, a few months after that, another lady started coming who Kate would have done Pilates with. Uh, then there was another lady who had been a friend of hers. Um, and then there's uh, at, the, at the baptism as well, there was another couple here on the, the left here, um, Johnny and Celine. They've been common sense as well. And I think from the very start, when I first moved to Yall, I was doing some street outreach, and I got friendly with a guy called Sean. And over the years, I would see him on and off. Not sure what, you know, if any of an impact I was having on him, but then it turned out that it was more of an impact than, than I was realizing through the Holy Spirit, thank God. But his parents, Johnny and Celine, come every Sunday now, rain, heal or shine, and it's just such an encouragement to see them coming along and just soaking it all in and being so encouraged and want to hear the, the talks and learn from God's word. And, you know, over the, over the years as well, some of it's been slow going, but we know that uh, uh, God has still been working. And um, in, at the start, we had a, a children's club. Uh, we had about seven children and only one of them was from outside the church and that happened to be Johnny and Celine's younger son uh, and they would have come along each day and sort of listened and you would never put it together but it's just amazing how that's happened but this is a picture of our most recent children's club where a lot of the guys from Balamoney were down helping I think we had about 40 children at that and it's just really encouraging building off the back of the coaching for Christ the, the number of children's clubs we've done over the years and just connections in the town but obviously, those are things that you can do much easier when there's no lockdown. <laughs> it was unfortunate to have to cancel a lot of stuff this summer. But in a way, you just try and look for other opportunities and rethink as well and maybe strategize a little bit and, and ask and pray and seek God's guidance on, on how we use time and resources and reach out. But while the lockdown happened, we fairly quickly tried to think about different ways that we could reach out in the lockdown and um, the first thing we did was was had a leaflet that we sent out uh, using and post and thankfully I phoned up the postal service first of all because it was going to put delivered by and post and then they told me you couldn't do that and they wouldn't deliver it because it's to do with labeling and marketing and stuff so I had to make it look like it was and post delivered it but not actually say it was and post so I just used their font and their colored and made it really obvious that it was Ampost that delivered it and kind of held my breath and I got away with it, so I was happy enough. <laughs> but we sent out about 5,000 of those. That's the front of the leaflet. It's just our kind of church um, picture and our, our banner. And on the back, it had a message about how, you know, we, we think about the coronavirus and how it's something that worries people, encouraging people to take the proper precautions, but reminding people that it's just a reminder or it's just a symptom of what it is to live in a sick and broken world that's riddled with sin and decay and how we need to have the ultimate remedy, which is to have our sins forgiven before we meet God in judgment. So we, we handed out, or sorry, we got the postal service to deliver about 5,000 of those and um, offered as well some Mark's Gospels. If people were interested in that, so there was a number of people then wrote off, we posted out Mark's Gospels. Uh, and then shortly after that, we were able to uh, get some of these John Lennox books, where is God in a coronavirus world? So um, about, about 50, and I think we delivered about, posted out about 30 of those to people, just advertising it through Facebook if anybody's interested. And so that was just another opportunity to try and reach out in a way when we couldn't be out in the street. 
and be obvious. Uh, after that, another thing we tried was as well then um, kind of capitalizing on the fact that we had these Mark's Gospels that are one page in Irish, one page in English. And near us, just over the Blackwater River in County Waterford, is Ring, which is a Gwiltuk area. So it's, uh, you can only live there or buy a house there, as far as I know, if you, if you speak Irish. Um, and it's, yeah, traditionally one of the slightly less easy places to reach. So we thought we'd try and make an effort. And there's a girl in the church who be a fluent Irish speaker. So she read then the first page of this little gospel, uh, Mark's gospel. We advertised on Facebook and, and used Facebook to boost it, you know, around the, particularly around the ring area just to encourage to see if anybody wanted a Mark's gospel as well, kind of on the, on the basis that they're, you know, the gospel in Irish. And uh, so just different ways in which we're trying to reach out to people. And, um, you know, I think we, we, we tried those things early in the lockdown and it was good to do that. But I do think as well, as I was saying at the start, there is a degree in which people kind of lose interest again and it kind of gets to the new normal. Um, so... Pray for us for wisdom. You can't just keep, you know, offering out stuff online. I think after a while people do lose interest. Uh, but pray that God will give wisdom and help us as well as we reach out. And I think a big part of that as well is just encouraging the church. You know, I only have so many friends. Not very many probably. But, you know, there's so many friends that you can influence. And then you're encouraging other people in church to think about your circle of influence. Uh, people that you can reach out to. People that you can share the gospel with. And I think that's much more powerful and it might be the only way as well that we can easily try and continue the outreach one example uh, is this man oh, sorry this man uh, from town comes occasionally to church but he's, he's reading a, holding a book there he was telling me about reading uh, John Piper while of the Apostle Paul but I kind of lost count of the amount of copies of um, uh, Lee Strobel case for Christ that he's bought and sent to people all his relatives and all around the place, people that I would never have met or never have come in contact with. You just think you keep planting the seeds, you keep sharing the gospel and encouraging people to, to do likewise and pray that through that God just brings people to himself. Um, can I get you to pray for um, the guy there wearing the red shirt? There's two other elders with me in Yol, Philip and Rob. Uh, this is Philip and Philip has for about maybe 10 years struggled with his heart a little bit he has a one of those umbrella valves that's put in i think he's got a hole in his heart about the size of a two euro coin but just recently then his heart has been giving him trouble again and he's had to just literally two weeks ago stand down stand down from work as he waits for different scans and stuff but i pray for him philip was such a great connection in the town as he worked in super value he'd meet many people uh, they know him they know he's connected with the church Philip is involved in the radio show with me every Sunday morning and people would meet him in, in Super Value and they would talk to him about the program. Uh, so obviously he's got slightly less connection with people as he's no longer working in Super Value but pray that God will help him in his health and um, yeah that just we'll continue to be able to, to, to reach out as a church. As I said we continued with the radio program. It's been a blessing each week to, to still have that. Um, every Sunday morning from 8 until 9, Johnny Cash helps us along. So between myself and Philip and Johnny Cash reading a chapter of the New Testament, I'm trying to look to what book I'll go to next. I'm getting close to Revelation because we've <laughs> gone through most of the New Testament. Might not do any harm to look at Revelation. 
Um, but just pray. There is a good few people listen to that still, and that um, just as people are curious, uh, that God will work in their hearts. Uh, I mentioned that last August we had three baptisms, and it seems that in September time we'll have another two people who are clear in their faith and have mentioned and expressed an interest in baptism, which is no small thing uh, for people from the culture and the context. So pray for that. Pray for um, just the church, uh, new families that have been attending. Uh, the church is a very different, what you call it, flavor to what it had maybe about a couple of years ago, but very much a local church, um, very local people. Most people can walk to church. Um, and if somebody comes in as well from the local community, they, they know nearly everybody there. So that's, that's a real encouragement, and it just makes it a lot easier as we try and reach out and share the gospel with others as well, because everyone knows someone that's connected with the church. Pray for the various Bible study groups. We hope that come September time we might be able to well, we hoped up until yesterday we might have been able to start some kind of house groups again, but that doesn't look likely. So nobody really likes Zoom meetings, but if it has to be done, it has to be done. And just pray that even through that and the different obstacles that God will still work in people's hearts and God will still speak and draw people to himself. And pray for us as a church as well. You know, it's always hard, as we all know, if you can't hug people, it's not all about the hugs, but if we're physically, socially distant, it's easy to be emotionally, socially distant as well. So pray that we'll just be all creative and think about different ways that we can show compassion and love to one another, more phone calls, more walks outside, whatever it might be, to encourage one another and see the church built up and grow. So just to mention as well, there's the Target 1000 uh, by Baptist Missions, and it's to encourage people, if there is things that they might give to, to think certainly about Baptist Missions, maybe place something like £10 a month, and give on a regular basis. And I would encourage you, if you're thinking about that, speak to the elders. Certainly don't want to take away from your normal church giving. But if you give to some other charity, um, uh, some humanitarian charity, understand that the best charity you can give to is Christian charity <laughs> and the promotion of the gospel. So certainly do consider that, uh, much as the RNLA, well, last time I was down at the beach, absolutely plagued me to give them money. The reality is, as Christians, we need to think about how people are drowning in sin. And we do need to continually think about how we can extend the gospel work. It's not specifically come to us uh, as a couple or whatever, but just thinking about Baptist missions, extending the work and the reach of Baptist missions and seeing new churches planted and new people reached. So do consider that and speak to the elders about that if you're interested in it. Then short-term mission teams, as well as something that Baptist Missions were encouraging people to think about. Um, that, obviously, is kind of up in the air at the minute, but certainly do stay tuned and follow along with the Baptist Missions website for different opportunities and things there as well. Well, thanks to Paul for sharing from God's Word and sharing about the work there in Yol. Um, let's pray. Why don't we pray for a few of the things even that Paul mentions, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll finish up for today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the church in Yol. Uh, Ten years, going on 11 years old now. Uh, thank you for the people you're calling and saving and, uh, and uniting together in Christ. Thank you so much for new believers uh, and for baptisms for people reaching out to others in lots and lots of different ways and longing to see family and friends and neighbors come and find the forgiveness that we so desperately need. 
We pray for the church in the, the ongoing season of restrictions, uh, that you'll help them to continue to put effort both into showing love to one another when we have to stay apart and into reaching out to others when we can't speak face to face. We pray that the radio program would continue to find new listeners and that they will find the Lord Jesus. And we pray for the latest plan to give away books in the run-up to Easter as well. We pray too for the McFarland family, for Paul, Kate, Chloe and James. Thank you for the way that uh, you've upheld them during difficult and worrying times. And, and we pray that you would particularly keep Kate in good health and keep on supplying all that they need as a family to, to keep going and to serve you with joy. And we pray with, with our own churches in mind and also our sister churches up and down the island. Uh, we pray now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, that's it for uh, the service, as far as the service goes. Uh, Zoom coffee at midday. There's no Zoom Sunday school for Brannockstown kids this week because we haven't been in John's Gospel. Uh, so take a little midterm break from that. Um, but Zoom coffee for Brannockstown, I, I think also is for Coleraine. Um, you'll know about that. Uh, so, so that's it. Till next time, uh, God bless. <laughs>